It's a good show. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. You guys know that this um, deeply upset me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It affected me. Yeah, this is a dumb story. Uh, okay. Well, so- well, first of all, Elliot is a sucker for clickbait. Yeah. Well, let's 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 not say clickbait. It's it it's, is clickbait. Let's let's not say clickbait. Let's say that you're a sucker. <laughs> these stories, this a story like this is a sensational Wait, story. People are probably really annoyed. Yeah. They're like, yeah. "What the fuck yeah, are you talking about?" Um, there are stories that happen in gay media, like this one about a kid sucking a ten-inch dick and his throat collapsing, or you know, another <laughs> one about a couple getting engaged at a fucking bareback porn shoot. Yeah. And Elliot yeah. will group text, and both Brent and I are like, "Why the fuck are you looking <laughs> Stop for these stories?" Clicking, because he, but he tortures himself. What you do mm. is you click on it, they get that ad money, and they keep producing this shit. If we all just stopped clicking on this shit, it's this true. shit wouldn't exist. Yes, this, that's however, a easier said than done because he's know. just one man. And however, this is this is a story that actually went viral. They all go viral because you cl- people like you <laughs> click on them. Okay, that's okay. the definition yeah. of clickbait. We have to talk about something. <laughs> this is a story that went there are viral. Millions. I'm sorry. Okay. Go on. <laughs> this is a story that went viral that we had to talk about this week. Because I because I just can't believe that a nineteen year old boy, Freddie Alanis, sucked a ten wait, wait, inch for, dick and he went all, to the ER is, with it. His name is Freddie Alanis, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's a nineteen year old kid uh, in Ohio, so he uh, s- sucked off his neighbor, who was <laughs> apparently ten inches long, hung like a horse, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and he went to the hospital, and so he wrote up. He's nineteen, which, by the way, is maybe the most disturbing thing I've ever heard. I didn't know you could. Go to the hospital. It ruptured I've never his airway. He said, "Rupturing yeah. your airway because yeah. you were sucking you don't, such a You don't dick. watch that sex ER show on TLC. No, because I get lightheaded and I pass out. Oh, Brent has great. severe vasovagal response, as do I, but not as bad. It's the only uh, reason why I know that word is because of you two. It's mm-hmm. true. But so, so um, a, a website interviewed him. The um, problem isn't, by the way. The problem is not that this kid sucked a dick and no, it's obviously not. not at all. His airway not in the not, least. Not the problem in the least. The problem is how the article was written and the. Uh, we'll say garbage journalist who wrote the article, and the idea that it for me it perpetuates the same stereotype as of gay guys and gay guys themselves applauding like sexual uh, uh, hoot nannies <laughs> <laughs> that are just hoot like nannies. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just so stupid. This is a podcast, not a radio program from 1948. But this this <laughs> they they interviewed this guy Freddie, um, and the and like Brent said, the way that that it was covered and the way that it was framed was a sort of tongue in cheek congratulatory. Um, yeah, uh, tone where they literally call him like an iconic hero, <laughs> <laughs> and Twitter, gay Twitter, was apparently like he's a he's a hero and a soldier, and you know, right. God bless America. He or should whatever. run for I mean, Senate. <laughs> I will say the the comedic reaction to it. I do enjoy a little bit because it is like it is an That's absurd. I don't want to be a. I don't want to be a wet blanket, and I don't want my rea- my my immediate reaction to, to to be to roll my eyes and go like. I don't find the humor in this. Right, I know right, right, that right. I hate that about myself. Yeah. I hate that I could go there. I think in- And I think that is partly what the website was maybe I mean they were trying to be clickbait. I know, that's why but I'm it like- also is absurd that a 19-year-old kid But but they asked him about what he thinks about Trump. Which well, is that's, really that's, funny. That's, that's I mean it's like And it wasn't that wasn't I don't think a joke. And and that and that's it. It was like it was so annoying to bring poli- I mean this kid is of course entitled to his opinion. Obviously, he didn't like Trump for what it's worth. Just to get that on record, but it was like th- talking about politics within the context of oh, I went to the hospital because I was sucking on a tennis dick. It's just ridiculous. Well, and the kid wrote on Twitter, um, "Excuse the bad angle of the photo, right? Excuse the mm-hmm. bad angle, but remember when I sucked a Hulk-sized dick in the ER afterwards? LMFAO, forget about it. Yeah. This is a 19-year-old 
kid uh, that's who, that who wrote out. a tweet. Yep. I mean, whatever. Kids are sharing the shit that they're I sharing. I know. And that's not the point. The real the real point is, A, the tweet went viral, but B, the, the gay publications decided to pick it up and absurdly right about this ridiculous story right. when in reality even though the kid's 19 he's of age he's an adult it's he's young he's, it feels really <laughs> creepy and yummy to me but you were sitting on dicks when you were like 16 <laughs> again pointing at me and not true <laughs> i mean even the interviewer was like have i have you told your mom yet because she drove him to the hospital your mom and he was like no i haven't told my mom my post has made it to facebook and i guess it's circulating there so it's a matter of time i have accepted the fact i have to let them see it on their own and then the interviewer followed that up with do your parents know you're gay? And he said, they do. They just don't know I'm a whore. So was one of the questions, because I'll be honest, I didn't read the article. I didn't think I really <laughs> I didn't either. Know. We kept asking Ellie for details because yeah. we don't want to click on it. I don't want to click on it. And also, do I really need to read it beyond the headline? Um, but did they ask, why did you post this on Twitter? Nope. Was that even a question? I don't believe so. I mean, he talks about being a server and liking reality shows. I mean, I'm there with him on that. He talks about slapping the shit out of Trump. Yeah, he wants to sh- slap I'm, Trump. I'm, 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 I'm sure. I'm sure Trump will take that <laughs> to heart. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll be like, "Well, that, you know, well, in that case, maybe I should do a better job." It is funny because in the article he says he asks him about his. He says, "Tell me, about, tell me about your life, girl. What's going on with you?" He says, "I'm I'm a server. I work a lot. I when I'm not at work, I'm in. I I, I go to Chicago. I like reality shows." And the interviewer said, "Wig." You should finish. You said you finished him off even after you knew something had happened. Is that true? And he said, yes, I wasn't going to stop. In the heat of the moment, my willpower willed me to continue. Stamina. To which the reviewer followed with, what's your background, Freddie? Oh, yeah, your ethnic background. It's just like, it seems like parody at this point. It does. It seems like a parody of gay sexuality. I mean, if I was the writer writing the story, seeing this tweet, because it, uh, there is some humor in this tweet, and it is... Of course. It's a, it becomes a viral thing. My, yes, you my... almost died, but I guess there's humor, <laughs> sure. I mean, there is, because he's he posted this yes, tweet. right, of course. My first question to him is why, and kids, I mean, I'm calling him a kid, he's not a kid, but, like, people his age are posting this stuff. I know, I was going to say, that's right. It's, 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 I'm acting like a grandma and a nun, yes. but kids that age are, like, sending dick pics. Young kids, yeah. like, little, like, teenagers and, and preteens send, like, filthy shit to each other. Yeah. And I'm, I guess, I think I'm, I was, I'm not used to that. I, are you guys, did you... Uh, I mean, so wait, that, are you, were you going to ask no, me to I send my dick I think, I think the three of us are probably at the age where when we were kids, we didn't have cell phones that could send pictures. No. Yeah. I mean, there was like AOL, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if I like, wasn't about to take my pictures to Target to get to Walmart, excuse me, to get developed, to put on a no, CD-ROM to in, send in, an email. In, I, yeah, seriously. <laughs> in like 15 years, there, will not, there won't be someone who runs for Senate who doesn't have a nude picture. No, so, right. Yeah. But I, I just mean theoretically, like as teenagers, as, as let's say you were not 19, but... 15, 16. Yeah. If I know, I know I wasn't, you know, t- engaging in that way, but like, did you feel like you had friends or knew of like other kids who were acting the same way, like being really forthright about sex? I and, was sexually active. I don't know. Yeah, you were sexually active well, really You were sexually active with a, with a doll, right? Well, not just the doll, <laughs> with human beings. <laughs> but that's as well. my favorite one. Yeah. You say that, but the thing is, a lot of people don't know the story, so it's totally out of context. Well, I'll just yeah, I'll make it put quick. a doll in Alan's butt. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Rodman's yeah. always. Pretty easy to um, summarize. But no, I was sexually active, and I think a lot of kids were as well. I yeah. mean, we were all sexually active. Yeah, of course. If you, is, if you could have. Would you have? I guess. Oh, if I would have had a phone, uh, yeah, mm. I probably would have been a complete slut. Brent, would you have? Yeah, because I think when I turned, because I was, I was like a kissing prude through high school, mm. or, or a kissing virgin through high school, and then I think when I went to college, I, I, I still kind of introverted. Like I always, yeah. I always talk about how the first thing I did as an adult, the literal, literal first thing, my parents had f- dropped off all of. My stuff in my dorm room, and I could still hear their footprints or their footsteps in the dorm hallway. I joined a porn oh, I joined site. Oh, joined a porn site. That's right. Oh, you the first wow. thing you did was like try to get laid. 
Um, Maybe not the exact first thing, but like you, like that first weekend of college, you like went out on the town and like went to bars and um, were like that's went a to very parties. Uh, beautiful way of putting it. In fact, what I did was read about how to cruise and walked up you and down. Read about it? Yes, and I walked up and down Christopher Street with a was... mesh shirt. I do believe. <laughs> no, that was when I went to a, I, my I, first I, I nightclub. Uh, uh, no, the mesh club was a night nightclub the, thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah first I like, thing... walked up and down the street, think, trying to cruise based on stuff I'd read in a book and on websites. I had a guy recently uh, tell me on Instagram that I uh, uh, on Facebook he's like you should you should wear a mesh shirt you'd rock it I'm like excuse what? me I actually felt violated who <laughs> told you that this doofus uh, wow wow yeah, what that's really strange yeah my, my first week of college I got we went on, we went on a date together though so he, oh. I mean, he's a little bit more entitled I, I got that. accidentally paid for sex I think oh right you slept with that guy who I, paid two, yeah, gave he twenty was a, bucks uh, more than twenty bucks oh a hundred bucks a hundred and eighty bucks. <laughs> That's a ton of money. That's a ton of money. And did you and say this for your cab? And you were like, "What yeah. cab?" He said, "He said," and he knew where I lived and everything. And oh. and I was, I was seventeen, and I yeah, it was in wow. yeah, it was a weird, awkward moment. But then years <clears throat> later, I heard from him because I told the story on a podcast, and he. I guess had been following my career. He heard the story and he, he was really sweet about it. He told me that he was like he, he was a little bit older. He was yeah. a teacher and he was in his like twenties, thirties, I think. Oh, and ah. he was like, "I knew you were struggling. I, I was paying for college myself. Like my yeah. parents weren't helping me." And he was You're like, "Stealing was, money from a, from a yeah. movie theater." <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he gave me some money to, and you know That's what? Nice. I actually remember I once. Um, uh, I once brought this guy back to my apartment. He lived on uh, Central Park West, which everyone probably knows is like the most expensive part of New York City. But he had forgotten his wallet. This is before, um, this is before Uber, of course. So I gave him money to get a cab when I was so broke, and I was like, and he's like, I'll, I'll pay you back, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I showed up at yes, his office will. the next day. And he gave he you know he met me in the lobby we hugged or whatever and he gave me the money for the cab I get think I gave him thirty bucks he gave me thirty bucks back and I remember being a f- annoyed he didn't give me more money like as like a like a I don't a know why I was like as interest. a thank you and and then I had a friend who was interest. like he did it to not offend you he did it to literally not imply you had mm. sex for money right yeah and that and that. And that he was just being respectful. I was yeah. like, I want money. <laughs> My so question gross. to close this segment is, do you think that this kid, Freddie Alanis, who is, again, that is, is a beautiful name. No. No. Do I you think, think he'll is. regret this in 10 years? No. No. It'll be, forgotten. Not, right? it'll, be, it'll, it'll be forgotten. It'll be forgotten by then, yeah. Well, in the meantime, I hope somebody adopts the name Freddie Alanis as a drag name. Not even joking. We're here with uh, actress, writer, <laughs> producer, director, and everything. Activist, everything. Lena Dunham. Lena mm-hmm. Dunham. It's truly an honor to be here. I've felt <laughs> safe in this room since I walked in. I love the energy. Everyone and thank looks you for great. bringing Good Joey. Vibes. Yeah, you're yes, great, but you thank dog, you for bringing baby Joey. Dog. So, yeah, my baby 13-year-old dog. Your cake dog. My cake dog. Honestly, she's a piece of cake. Yeah. Um, honestly, <laughs> her name is uh, Bowie, a.k.a. Bowie Joey, a.k.a. Yeah. Bosef, a.k.a. Joseph. Sugar pie? Sugar pie, a nickname? Thank you. You know what? Smoky bookie. There's a lot of different, like, she, it's easy to make noises at her face. It's also <laughs> like she's a little bit of like a, a goonie nerd. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I look at her and I'm like, I kind of want to, like, exclude you from this party. Oh, like, no. Yeah. But then I feel bad. The other day I told her that she had no friends and then I felt really bad. Oh. But she doesn't. She has, what is she, has one cataract? She has Kind yeah. of one and a half cataracts, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then also a fat deposit on her stomach, three working legs, three teeth. Yes. Oh. So let's just wow. say the her Tinder's popping. Legs. You don't need four legs. No, you don't. She's need a dog a made dog. for comedy. The power of three. Yeah. Yes, she yeah. is. Oh my god, true. One time, this guy who I do not like looked at my dog and saw his cataracts and goes, "Oh, he has blue eyes." And I was like. No, he doesn't. He has cloudy eyes, and I was so offended. Yeah, you're like, wait, wait. he's old. You were really offended by yeah, that? Yeah, I was like, he doesn't have blue eyes. You're, you're seeing cataracts. Yeah, it's like, you're just like, you don't know anything about anything, anything. you loser. We want to talk with you um, about haters. Yeah, that was one of the first things that, when, when Elliot said you were going to be on the podcast, I was A, so excited, because I've been such a fan of your work Thank for you. years. But I'm, also I'm crazy for that, Elliot, and becoming crazier about you guys. <laughs> yes. Also, I loved your Instagram 
post the other day. You did a side-by-side. We were talking about it at, at dinner the other night, a side-by-side of, like, you really skinny a couple years ago and you now, beautiful, gorgeous, you now, talking about how you feel oh, about yeah. yourself. And that actually made me, because my birthday was a few days ago, made me feel really awesome about sort of just being like, you know, it, in that moment, I really needed that on my birthday. That means sure. so having, much to Having me. sort of that vibe of just being comfortable with myself, which is why I wore my baby outfit for my birthday. <laughs> that means yeah. so much. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it was important to me because I was finding myself, someone posted a picture of me a year ago, and I was like the thinnest I've been since like seventh grade. Yeah. And I looked at it, and it's just, it's not what I look like now. And it was only attainable for me for a very brief moment by truly not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like so many women experience the same thing I do, which is like they're happier, but they don't look as like sort of mm-hmm. commercially glossy, viable. Yeah. And like you need to kind of weigh like what is more important to you. And I think everyone. I hope, would ultimately take happiness over sort of, you know, like a body they feel like they can Mm -hmm. show off on the beach. Mm -hmm. Because also, if you're not happy, you don't want to do anything with your body. Like, I'm so much more active and in my body and in my life now being 24 pounds heavier than I was. Mm -hmm. Than I was, like, when I was, like, kind of looking my most, um, like, fit and successful, I, like, never wanted to leave bed. I was just, like, this, like, like... Yeah. Like a weak little person who ate like a tiny bit of a bagel every three days. I always, I always <laughs> say the body stuff, I always, the analogy I always draw is money because I think uh, much like when you look at, a, at your bank account and let's say you've had a really good month, there's you could always have more money. And I feel like the way I look at myself, which is very rarely shirtless, as, as we all yeah. know, but it's like you can always in theory look better. And it's just this – you're just chasing this this invisible – Sort of imaginary goal of yeah. yeah, and what is quote, better? Perfect or whatever. Exactly. I mean, yeah. what, what is better? And but it's also hard because like I, you know, <laughs> there's a reason I don't look at myself shirtless in the mirrors because yeah. it disappoints me and like. And, you know, all the positivity in the world or, or someone, you know, telling me I look great does, doesn't change it. I'm still going to be like, no, it's yeah. too much. And I will also say that, you know, as gay guys, it's it's not the same thing as what I think women go through, but. God, it gets so fucking hard. Yeah. Oh my to, God, to there's such a with... tyranny. I feel like my gay male friends have like are dealing with in some ways like m- like a more intense expectation. Mm-hmm. It's a sharper. I think it's, it's like a sharper like uh, focus on the bot on. That's Cause, well, because also but, I mean, women get also all too. the time oh, pervasively throughout their the entire their entire life. The world, yeah. the world, yeah. and their entire life. It is strange though. Once you come out, I think there is. Especially now, more than ever, this really intense scrutiny on maybe it's not a scrutiny, but it's a real lifting up of the prioritizing of the body. I mm. also think it is swollen as fuck in LA, where it's yeah. just it's yeah. off the rails. I mean, <laughs> but you have it. I mean, you have it everywhere. I think, and I even think straight men experience it just as much as uh, you know, gay men and women sometimes too. Is that like we all have the Instagram is such a poisonous thing sometimes for what you're aesthetically supposed to be or achieve because of based on likes and people liking certain things and how many likes a certain picture has gotten, and we feel like we have to look a certain way body wise based on these images we see yeah. every single day because they're getting so many likes and. I, I think it's becoming such a universal theme that having a post like what you posted the other day, Lena, was so important. And you sort of in your career have gotten a lot of hate for being honest and open about your body, yourself, your point of views. And I think the three of us can relate to that, which is sort of the whole point of this podcast, is that we don't fit like yourself sometimes into the mainstream dialogue, the mainstream narrative, because yeah. we challenge it. How do you deal with haters when people push back about what something that you do? It. Yeah. I mean, it must be exhausting on a on a level like yours. I mean, I won't lie. I used to love to be like, I don't even look. I don't even notice. And then I was right. like, what's the point? Like, yeah. of course I do. And if I ever don't look, somebody lets me know within right. fucking 20 minutes that it yeah. happened. That's the worst, by the way. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but no, you're I, not. Like a, it's a, it's a, that's a big one where I actually am. I mean, I, I don't I don't interact with fans constantly. But I the one, my one uh talent is I don't read shit about myself online, good or bad. I just don't. I just don't need that in my life. And I had one guy recently who just kept messaging shitty things. Really? And I had friends who kept 
sending it to me? What are you doing? Well, yeah. friends get defensive of you, and then they're like, I want to kill this person. And you're like, I didn't even know about this person, right. so yeah. thank you for alerting me. <laughs> yeah. And so I never assume anyone's read anything. Like, if I have a friend, I never check in. Somebody has to reach out to me and say, I got a bad review, or I'm on the cover of Us Weekly, or I, what, like, I'm not saying yeah. a freaking yeah. word. Yeah. Mm. Like, I'd literally have to, like, know, find out my friend was in jail for murder right. to reach yeah. out. Like, yeah. because otherwise I just assume <laughs> they don't know. They yeah. don't know. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, I think really this past year is when it truly started to get to me. There was a long time where I was sort of like, those are all right wing nuts. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm those people don't mean anything to me. I'm not human to them. They're not human to me. Sure. And then I think this year and again, sometimes it's my fault. Sometimes it's not. But the. The infighting among people who have ostensibly the same beliefs the has same become opinion. so yeah. toxic. Yes. And that is where I yeah. start to be like, oh, my God, I'm getting, like, iced out by somebody who's completely who agrees agrees, <laughs> yeah. and is aligned with my perspective yeah. and who can't acknowledge that people make mistakes and people right. F right. up. And, right. and that is the really hard part. Like, like. When I see like a freaking like twenty two year old contributor to some like online feminist Huff newsletter, HuffPo, yeah. who like won't stop tweeting about what a jerk I you am, bitch. Yeah, there's so much. Or like, like this is not what. They, but they, everyone's like, Lena Dunham smells like unused laundry. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, right. like you're tweeting yeah. at me. Wait, do you're people say that. Me. That's not that bad. <laughs> that would actually be nice. And if someone said it, I'd be like, thank you. Yeah, but thanks. it's like people adding me, and then I'm like, we have friends in common. I could meet you. And that's the biggest thing is, like, mm -hmm. I feel like when you reach a certain level of, like, exterior success, people just assume that you don't have feelings. That you live in, yeah. that you live in a shell where you well, don't Well, I also don't think it's, it's about you in a lot of ways. I mean, there's, this, there's such a disassociation with what we share online and the hate we put out online and our actual beliefs on the actual person. It's more exactly. about attention. The hate is about getting attention and isn't even really, in a lot of ways, I've experienced... About me. But even if it's not, it's not about, about you, you, it's still, you can still, it still feel stings. it. And that person doesn't think, in a way, they don't, it's almost like a dream to them, I yeah. think. And they don't think you're susceptible to it because you're actually not living in a place where you're receiving it. It's yeah. shocking how far, I remember, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was going through chemo. I'm, I'm okay. These guys know it. You don't, Lena. And we have heard I, it so uh, But I remember like this times. fucking cancer bitch. Chemo. But I remember I'm people so would come at me. I'm so sorry to hear that, chemo. by the way. People would come at me and they would, like, because I would write My things. My dog just farted, you guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> she ripped one. Like, this whole booth is just. Even, even she's tired of Alan's chemo stories. <laughs> She saved a fart for Alan's chemo story. No, but people online would actually be like, you don't really have cancer. They would, like, challenge my wow. cancer status wow. or how long I had cancer. And it was just, like, this whole or the type of cancer or how the severity or comparing my cancer to other people's cancers yeah. because it's not as bad as this other person's cancer. Yeah. And it's just like, She just ripped off. it again. She can't stop. Every time you She really hates me. Well, I really relate to what you're saying because... I did not experience what you experienced, but when I was public about having endometriosis and yeah. going through my illness and then my, his, you know, 10 surgeries, hysterectomy, a very intense medical odyssey, and I'm so sorry you yeah. went through that. I know chronic illness is an incredibly lonely, mm -hmm. painful mm -hmm. place to be, but I would get women, like, I would say, like, I'm canceling, uh, I canceled a tour because I was very sick. Yeah. And a woman said... I had a hysterectomy, and I was back at work five days later. I don't know what your damage is. Cool. Oh. Cool for you. And yeah. I wrote back, like, I literally wrote back to her, and I was like, do you want me to congratulate you for getting back to work the fastest after yeah, your hysterectomy? Right. Like, yeah. What is going why on? Why don't you just, like, sit at home for another week and, like, watch Wendy Williams or some shit? Uh, like, why yeah. don't you enjoy, like, Did you not you're like bragging that you raced back to work? Yeah, and I was like, by the way, like, five days after my hysterectomy, I was still, like, like begging my mom to talk to me while I peed. Like, right. it was not. Yeah. Every, well, also, everybody's different, and it's like, why should somebody tell you what, like, what their measurement is? Why yeah. should somebody tell Alan well, what their measurement this, is? When did this become? Wait, let me, let's just update the listeners. It does smell like the dog shit on the floor. But, uh, <laughs> I'm let's so sorry. I don't even smell it. I don't, I don't even smell it, which says it. a lot about me. That was I, just Brent. Brent just yeah. shit in his Also, pants. like, <laughs> like she also did shit on the floor. I mean, oh, that's the thing no, about okay. having a 13-year-old dog is, like, they're just ro they're just rocking out with their bad they selves. They really that's are. That's beautiful. She was, like, I was um, in, like, um, 
I love group therapy. Sure. I was in a group therapy context. People, you need to get me into that. I can't. Well, it's cheaper, right? I don't think anybody in group therapy is stoked when you bring a tiny Yorkie anyway, because they're like, "This <laughs> yeah. bitch." They're right. like, "Everything I read about her times 50. Right. And then, you, but like, I'm too. I'm like, I'm here because I'm codependent, and I'm showing you the greatest example of that. <laughs> but she was like, someone was telling, and also someone was telling such a sad story, and she was just farting her <laughs> face off. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was like. An awful story being, and I was also like, on a per- purely selfish level, I was like, they're gonna think this is me. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No of one is gonna think this could have come out of a tiny dog. <laughs> yeah. Cute little doggy. Yeah. Yeah. As, as someone who has uh, battled with chronic habitual diarrhea his entire life, you gotta just get over worrying if people know that you farted. Really? You, yeah, you just have to like. Do you fart you a just lot? Have to, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. No, it's funny. No. I, I don't like like I'm very like not scatological humor. Like I don't love a poop joke. Yeah. I don't yeah. love a poop. I don't love that area. I like you doing it, but it's just yeah, yeah. I'm not no, comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not comfortable. And it's funny. I noticed when I was in a long term relationship. May he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> I was like, I feel loved, and now I feel like I can tell everybody that I have diarrhea right yeah yeah yes. it gives you the it gives you the um the magic key 100 percent. and then once now he's my good friend right. but i don't feel the same kind of unconditional energy cut to nobody knows when i have diarrhea well, yeah. i tell everyone i have diarrhea because it, that's my cross to bear and i like to share it with people so they feel better about sharing you well, can't even believe story. every other sentence out of my mouth these days is well as a 32 year old in menopause like right. i can't stop where i'm like just wait for menopause and then yeah. like people who don't know about my hysterectomy are like what the fuck is she talking about oh my god and my sister when she was in a uh, freshman in college her roommate had menopause and she was like 18 there's a name for it and i don't know what it is but she Premature had like, oh, menopause? Wow. I, she had gone through menopause isn't that fascinating what's wow. funny is in england they call it the menopause they'll wow. be like oh, really? they're going through the menopause so and so and I, over there. <laughs> yeah but you know i like that you guys brought up the haters thing because i think that like the new like it used to be like every rap song is like brush those haters Shut off the, yeah, or like yeah. i don't mm-hmm. care about my haters or like you know a meme of like me pushing my haters to right. the left or whatever and i'm like maybe the new frontier is just acknowledging like it hurts to have it haters hurts, yes. yeah. so this is oh sorry i just feel like even jay-z's like these haters are mean like yes. i don't think there's anyone who is i think you'd have to be sociopathic mm-hmm. to be totally immune to people being like I don't like you. Like, we all spend our lives... It also shows how empathetic you can be if you recognize that the person putting that kind of hate into the world is literally just hurting themselves. I, 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 will, I will stress as someone who... I mean, we've talked about this ad, ad nauseum on the podcast. Someone who can use Grindr for nefarious purposes. I, yeah. I, have, been, I have been mean to people on Grindr if I felt... I mean, I'm an online Batman. I only do it if, if they deserve it. But uh, <laughs> but I will say... Are you, like, you're sleazy? Are you, like, you've got a tiny dick? Like, what do you do yeah. to... Yeah, she, I mean, yeah. I mean, just, just you know... You talk about Ooh. tiny dicks? That offends me. No, I no, I did not talk about tiny dicks. But, yeah, just, like, <laughs> you know, if someone was... You'll say you're un- a coward. ...unnecessarily mean to me, I will, I will return the favor. I will do the exact same thing they did to me, but with a different profile. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the better-looking profile. Um, You'll revenge them. Yeah, I yeah. will avenge the misdeed. <laughs> but I will say, of all the times... I've, and I think the reason why... I've talked about this briefly on the podcast before. The reason why I think we can be so mean online is because you're trying to break through the noise... Because when someone ignores you online, somewhere in your head, you're like, well, they didn't hear me. And it's like, mm-hmm. they might have heard you. It stings more for some reason. But what I was going to say is every time, and this is rare because in particular gay guys on Grindr, we love fighting back and that just kind of escalates things. Every time someone would say, I'm a human being. I don't know why you said that to me. That's hurtful or something. Yeah. Or whatever it is, reminding me that they're human. Every time I was like, I'm a fucking monster. And wait, I wait, immediately wait. would shut it down. Wait, on Grinder, Someone yeah. will say, I'm human? Yeah, so I would insult this person. Yeah. And then they would say, why would you say that to me? I'm human. Now, the normal response is they fire back. They'll say, you're, you're ugly. You're this. You're that. But, but if, if they, they humanize but it. If they humanize it by saying, why would you say something like that to me? I'm That's what you do being? with serial killers. Are you murderer. not getting this? Does anybody actually love- say to you, I'm human? Yeah, I've, I've yeah. had several people respond by saying... 
like that's how low my standards are that I am astounded. But are you like, hey, you were a bitch to me on a different account? Do you say that? Sometimes I leave that out, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but I, I have also brought up before. I'll be like, well, this is that's exactly what you just did to me, and then of course I feel avenged. Well, if you but, call uh, them out, I so the, the, I do this other podcast about the Golden Girls, and a lot of times this is totally not. They're not hateful, but people will call you out and get very angry if you get one detail wrong about an episode you watched or some minute detail that doesn't matter. And if you respond to them by being like, sorry, I missed that one, they become immediately defensive and say, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be mean. I love you guys. Like, there's this – if you give them that attention and you call them out and then they correspond back, there's this – there is this sort of empathy that comes from so that. So I, I, my point being is that I think reminding people of your, of your humanity, which is mm-hmm. easy to forget when you're communicating online, yeah. in my experience, has been beneficial. And I've done that to people who've said shitty things to me, too. But it's different for, I think, with Lena and a lot of things that you've encountered, I think, in your career in that, like, what – you're not you're not necessarily doing anything bad to get the hate. You're challenging sort of sort of norms, sort of societal norms in a way, and people are coming back at you for that. I mean, the only times I felt like hate was like justified is when I've like screwed up my presentation of like a sort of my presentation of my political beliefs, or I've mm. done something that wasn't, or I've made a joke that was thoughtless. But, like, even then, you're sort of like, like I love to apologize. I'm a huge proponent of the public apology. <laughs> sure, just yeah. because, like, why not? It's what we should do in life. Like, yeah. if you know you hurt somebody, make an effort to fix it. And yeah. the way you start is you say, I'm sorry, and yeah. then you take the criticism to heart, and you live differently. Yeah, That's always been my mission. So then when people are like, kill yourself, you're yeah. like, that's not a great, like... We're not engaging in a way that feels healthy. When someone says to me, I think you should consider what you said. It wasn't kind. It made me feel X, Y, some type of way. I'm like, thank you. I hear you. Thank you for this feedback. And so but I have to say the less I do that, the less I wade in the muck of this stuff, the happier I am. Like, mm-hmm. And at a certain point, you kind of have to go like, I spent my whole 20s being like, I don't care how I feel as long as my the public sees that I'm like really – as long as the people who you know watch my work see that I'm really real and I'm me and I'm this. Like I, I was very like engaged with the idea of like like I'm living out loud so other people don't have to. Like I was yeah. some kind of like – Like that Holly Hunter movie. My favorite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> living out loud. My favorite. Honestly, honestly. Honestly. And I was like – I was like I really – yeah. I'm I'm a walking Holly Hunter and I'm showing people how <laughs> yes. much it hurts. Oh, that gives me life. Yeah. But then I was actually like – when I turned like 30 and I was really sick for two years, I was like – Oh, I want to enjoy myself. Mm. Like I've been calling this summer the summer of fun, and a huge part of the summer of fun is I put something up on Twitter or I put it up on Instagram if it gives me pleasure, and then I never look never again. Never look again. Yeah. You got it. And I'm like, the summer of fun involves starting to drink coffee, okay, getting Wait. my eyelashes tinted, <laughs> and not looking anymore at comments. That's great. Wait, you don't, you don't, you didn't drink coffee before? 30? Not till two months ago. Really? Wow. And What's your fave? Yeah. Well, my fave Duncan is. Jones? Alfred Coffee. Okay. Because it's where, like, hot publicists go. Yes. I like an oat milk latte with an extra shot. Oat milk is good, actually. Oat milk's delicious. It tastes like a scone. It's the hot new milk. Really? Yeah, it is. There's an app. My friend Audrey Gelman, genius, taught me about an app. That helps you locate oat milk. Oat milk, specifically oat, oat milk. milk. Like Google oat milk app. Like you can figure out where that the. That is the most Caucasian thing wow. I have ever. It's heard. upsetting. It's upsetting when you find yourself like my passion for Alfred coffee and oat milk, my love of like an aggressive gold, like an aggressive hoop earring. That's like. <laughs> sure. Like those are things that I'm doing where I'm like, okay, like I'm just walking into the trap. <laughs> And it's shutting on me. My, yeah. I like that you're embracing fun, but you're not putting it on other people, which I call forced merriment. Yeah, when people I love to that. brand themselves as fun and then force you to like re- regale in their fun. Yeah. And you're like, you're not fun, though. I yeah. can't with forced merriment. I more like to brand myself as unfun than surprise people. Yes. yes. Yeah. Sneak attack fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely that. I don't leave my apartment much, but then when I do... Turn it out. Yeah, yeah that's how I feel. It's, like, yeah. it's a parade. It's a parade. That's how I feel. I yeah. feel the same way. And I like to, and if I do anything fun, you better believe I'm going to show you on Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to know. Everyone's going to know because it's like, basically when people are like, you look like you've been, my friends will be like, you look like you're healthy and busy. And I'm like, I know I'm trying to make you yeah, feel that. Yeah, you need to know that. Yeah, You, you see, need... can see visual proof. I, yeah. I only care about like three people on Instagram and whether they like my picture. Are we and when two they do, of them? 
No. no I'm not going to go into it. I'm not, not. going to get into the We're weeds not. on this. But, is uh, it like a sex-like? Are you just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, okay. of course, of yeah, course. Yeah, it's just a crush-like. I like everything you post. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I know there's certain people where if they chose to post it, like my younger sibling, if they post it, I'm just pressing like. Yeah, of course. It's an automatic like. It's an automatic like. There's a few people for whom it's an automatic like. Just a given. Deirdre, my sister-in-law, just Do you ever feel it. guilt if you go back into their feed and, like, you just, one night late, you're just going through their old feed and you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't, I didn't like that photo from two weeks ago. They probably think <laughs> I hate them. I, I have that regularly. Really? I don't think about that. I had a that. completely humiliating experience last week of accidentally liking a picture that Timothy Chalamet posted. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I immediately was like, and unlike, but I do like it. I just honestly, I, I do don't feel- follow him. But I'm so interested in you him. Ever think By the about way, the fact that you, we are, f- you, I mean, I don't follow it, but do you f- ever think about the fact that your likes can show up in that feed where you see who, what your friends are like? Well, here's, yeah, here's what's course. worse Instagram oh, yeah. didn't tell you for the first, you know, however long of Instagram stories, they didn't tell you, at least they didn't tell me, that people could see that you would watch their stories. So, you know, when you post a story, yeah. people can see you've watched their story. And I was watching stories of, like, people I never liked in high school. <laughs> like, a, like a bunch of do, doofuses and jerks. And, like, and then, yeah. like, I just, when I found out, that it was like I was crushed. Yeah. Oh. That, like, they knew that I'm stalking Meanwhile, their life. And they don't looking, even deserve it. Nobody's looking oh, and seeing My big thing I like to do, I'm very close with my ex-boyfriend. He's truly one of the great. I proposed the, to him. On a serious XM talk show once. You did? Yeah. He's the cutest. And he he's wasn't f- there in person, thank God. And he's a friend of the gays, and he's a friend. Sure. I mean, he's a dream. He's a dream man. Yeah. And I said to him actually last Jewish? Week, Jewish. Uh. Highly Jewish. <laughs> I said to him last week, I was weeping hysterically in his presence, not about our relationship, just because I feel, I see him and I'm like, I feel safe to do this. <laughs> and I was looked at him and I was like, you're so cute. I feel like I gave birth to you. And he was like, okay. Like he's, but he's tolerant of it all but what i like to do because sometimes like if i like his pictures and stuff people will post like lena liked jack's picture or like oh yeah lena like i once left a comment on an instagram of his and people were like they're getting back together so i was like i can't deal with this energy so i like to screen cap his instagram and text them to him with my commentary the three of us do that often i'm a complimentary guy i enjoy i enjoy sending little i'm thinking of you texts you do? I literally said thinking well, of you, you with I said thinking of you with like, love what? today to someone I don't know that well and I was like is she going to like I was like thinking of you with love today and it it almost felt like like the kind of text you'd send someone when you know they're going to a funeral. Like yes. I was like, oh my god. Like that is Somebody once said to me, I think it was a therapist who said, "The only thing everybody wants in the world is to be considered." Yeah. That's the yeah. only it's thing so true. everybody at their heart wants, which really comes just back to, to be haters. thought of. I mean, it, yeah. it really does come back to haters. That, that, but just people, like literally, they are just My people. Full, full, full circle. It really <laughs> is. No, it is that that it's, it's that there's you you put this kind of hate into the world, and people come at you with this kind of hate. I and... can't with haters, and I and for a while I was calling this year twenty eighteen, and then. <laughs> I decided that I had needed to let that go, and now it's the summer of fun. Uh, before we let you go, I'm going to bring up a story that's so insular, but it's still my favorite. This was a Passover Seder a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Elliot's very oh. close with my beautiful cousin, Jenna Halley Rubenstein, hero to the Jews. Hero. Okay. A true heroine, truly. She's no one fo- like her. the fourth time sister, uh-huh. unofficially. She's the she's fourth time. She's got she's got style for miles. She knows everywhere you can get a Chinese knockoff in she's America. Incredible. She knows every sample sale. She's always the first in line. She's proud she's true to New be York. a true Jewish American. <laughs> yeah. I would add to this Principessa. list, but I think it would be inappropriate. Yeah, no. Principessa. Yeah. yeah. So, um, at the Simmons Rubenstein Seder, mm-hmm. um, most Jewish names. Jen- <laughs> shocking! My mother and her sisters are shocking. Je- Jenna's dad, uh, Jeff, who's mm-hmm. this big, like, f- very friendly but foreboding man because he has like his hair's a little bit long in a very like cool way. He's kind of rock. Yeah, he's kind of like rock, rock. Mm-hmm. And your mom is like, you know, kind of like, can I say goth? Yeah, my mom is like um, my mom is like what I like to call like a satin goth. Yeah, like my mom loves like a satin pant and like a jewel, but it's all yeah. like in like aggressive like like autumn is her season. I aspire yes. to be her. And no, She's... no, because I showed you, I showed Alan a picture of Su- Susan and Lori next to each other, and Alan's obsessed with Diane Keaton, and Susan literally 
is Diane Keaton head to tails? Mm. Head to tails. She is. Susan is a Nancy Myers movie. If there was a little truly, more gefilte yeah. fish, truly. <laughs> and my mom is like um, my mom is like a very Morticia Adams yes, very kind Morticia. of like super artisty like, but like and loves like a pant with like a an errant buckle on the side. <laughs> I love it. And at this seder, so Jeff is very like. Jeff is very like jovial, and your mom was just not in a mood. Yeah, and, sounds right. And I don't know how he got there, but this was you know pre-Trump, and so there was a sort of spirited discussion about politics happening. And Jeff, tur- Jeff goes, Jeff turned to your mom and goes, "Law, law," and he points at himself and he goes, "Republican." <laughs> and it remains truly one of the funniest things in my head forever because your mom was so. Displeased with that joke. It didn't look at Republican. It's incredible. There, are, my aunt Susan had gave me the best advice actually about haters. She said I took a video of her saying it to me right after my hysterectomy. I was in hell. I was having a hard time publicly. I was having a hard time privately. And she went, sometimes you don't know why it's happening. But you just got to swish with life. And then, and then, and I said, swish with life. And then it's very like sachet away. And I, yeah. and so now she texts me all the time, are you swishing along or swish, swish? Uh, Susan cute. is the best. And by the way, she does not know about swish, swish, bitch. Like, no, she she's doesn't. not aware yeah, right. of like no. a Katy Perry tune. This is like hers from like her 70s life as like a lounge singer. Incredible. Like, and, and an assistant to the Maharishi. Assistant to the wow. Maharishi ran his public access station. Yes. Now a speaking, um, speaking en- a speaking engagement, engagement agent, agent to Hillary Clinton. To Hillary Clinton, she's yeah. a hot piece. She that is amazing. Yes. Well, on, on that you, note, Lena, so much for honestly, coming. this Swish. group of men. Swish, swish with life. I could not love this group of men more. Thank you so I've never, much. I've never meant this Lena. more. To quote Whoopi Goldberg from The View, come back in time. <laughs> By the way, to quote uh, uh, Bob Saget, when I was on The View, why are you touching me? <laughs> love you guys. Thank you. Thank you oh my so God. Thanks for checking out You're Making It Worse. We've got a little something extra for you guys this week. That's right. So stay tuned at the end of the show for a sneak preview of a new podcast on Starburns Audio called Never Seen It. Now, this is a show hosted by comedian Kyle Ayers where comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen, and then they do a cold read in the studio. So stick around after the episode to hear some hilarious moments from Never Seen It. And another thing. Guys, it's finally time. We talk about Broadway. 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 Broad, Broadway. I was waiting to see who was going to do the Broadway because you have someone has to do that. Uh, it definitely would be me. Do you guys like Broadway? Do you like theater? How do you feel about theater? Uh, never been a fan of musical theater. Uh, what about which regu- is to say I, I haven't had Fiddler on the Roof on my as a CD and on my iPod since I was in fourth grade. Mm. But I've never been a fan of musical theater just because I find it. So inauthentic to start singing in the middle of a, a problem. Mm. <laughs> I, I just I can't wrap my head around it. I cannot wrap my head around why you would start singing while you're talking about you know AIDS. I love it. I I, I I I love Broadway. Always have ever since I was a kid. I you know I, I was a Rent kid. I was of that right. generation where everyone was obsessed with Rent. And even how, how old were you when you got into Rent? Uh, Rent was 96, right? So I was 14. Oh, wow. And um, I loved it. And I loved, Bra- I mean, I loved Barbara Streisand. I loved Sound of Music. I loved Fiddler on the Roof. I loved the new music. I loved Chicago. I, lo- I mean, I just, I love musicals. And I find my interest in them, in the story structure, was the same interest I had in situation comedies in that I was obsessed with how you can tell a story within the confines of sort of the rules of yes. these things. Yes, like yes. in musical theater. The parameters. They're forced, are the rules? They're forced to create a story with music, which is so hard to do, and to make it seem flawless and real and entertaining and all of the things. And I just, it's so different from just like a play where people are talking. It's like you have, you have, there's just another element to it that makes it's it more a, difficult. It's a, it's a very specific medium that requires a lot of work to make it work. Yeah. And that's fascinating. I'll say that I was a big theater kid, you know, growing up like. Outside New York, right? I also did pretty, theater. You did theater too. Yeah, right? and I did theater, yeah. and I was like into theater, and I was really into rent, and and I think being so close to the city and taking advantage of theater just sort of helped fuel that. And then I've, as, as I've gotten older, I've grown to detest <laughs> uh, detest musicals for the same reason Brent does. I am floored by the 
inauthenticity of it, but more so the artifice of of this like forced smiling. It's like yeah, yeah, a yeah. whole show of people smiling through through their teeth, and yeah. I don't understand it. The acting I'm, is so inauthentic it's to me. So ham-fisted. Unless yeah. unless it's right. really good, and there are musicals and interpretations of musicals that are. Re- that are really good, and usually they're like a Sondheim or something. But like I like last year, I saw a really interesting portrayal of Into the Woods done in this sort of like kind of a Americana style that you actually would have liked, Brian, because mm-hmm. it kind of had like a folksy feel to it. Mm-hmm. It was it was actually really good. But other than that, I I can't get past the artifice of yeah. a musical, and I much prefer a play. What With shifted? Thing, what was the change? Well, I think I don't know exactly what the change was per se. I will say that. At some point, I just – I think I, something just, like, switched in me intellectually and was like, how do adults buy – how do you sit through a musical and not question how kind of goofy it is? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's I think like it's the goofy. same thing as, like, Die Hard with a Vengeance 4. It's like – Bruce Willis is not this superhero person who can drive this taxi cab through New York True. and survive these yeah, horrible yeah. things. Yeah. It's just it's adventurism, it's 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 fantastical, it's all of these things that are just beyond the human idea of what's real and that's what makes it so entertaining. I think I mean, that's do- why I don't like action movies yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> I find I, action movies so like I've stopped going. I mean I'll go, you know, I will go, but like I sometimes you're you're you're, you're just like ugh. How ugh. we know? Like how how do you dodge all these bullets did you already? Ever see salt though, oh, I did enjoy so Salt. Good. Yeah. I think there's something to also doing getting into comedy and doing comedy that it the realism of it. Even if you're doing like sketch or improv, like at least for me, I think like the realism of comedy and like the way that 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 you know prism got smaller mm-hmm. of under of like believing things made me have a distaste for the artifice of musicals you know what blows me away that when i was growing up uh, the tonys were on tv and i think they still are yeah. mm-hmm. and i was i couldn't wrap my head around why there was a, a televised a televised award show for an industry that exists in, in one, one city. city it's pretty confusing it's so strange i yeah. mean which doesn't say there are of course millions of people do go to these shows but like Although, I was just like, like, I don't know when it is. It's, not, it's not just the one city, though, because, like, the Broadway industry is so huge that they take that, they create the show, it premieres on Broadway, and then it goes on the road. And so there's, yeah, that's true. there's this element of, yeah, it's Broadway in New York, but it goes to St. Louis, Chicago, Las Vegas, all these places with the Broadway cast or understudies or whatever. Like, it's a, like Hamilton. It was a huge deal when Hamilton started touring. Yeah, for sure. Also, yeah. Rosie, because she had all those Broadway acts on yeah. the show, I feel like that mainstreamed it a bit. Yeah. And she, I still remember her, like, well, rapping to uh, Bring It Noise, Bring It a Funk. And Broadway, I mean, and then in the early days of sort of the, even the Grammy Awards and stuff, like, Broadway and people, major pop stars like Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett, like, singing Broadway standards. Yeah, the standards. Like, Tony Bennett has, um, like, songs from Cabaret that are huge for him. Mm-hmm. And he just sings in his own style. So Broadway music was dictating popular culture yeah. for years. And, I mean, still, like, Frozen was a huge thing and yeah. Hamilton's a huge thing. I will say that the show in recent history that stopped <laughs> me in my tracks in your tracks was a musical called Come From Away. Come From Away. Elliot, Elliot describes it as a musical about layovers. Uh, it's it a, it's is. about it's about uh, it people who get trapped because of nine eleven at some airport the or plane. some shit. <laughs> I love Brent, Brent describes uh, it. They reroute planes to Newfoundland, yeah. and so the musical is about them finding a community of in in, in Newfoundland as this you know as the terrorist as nine eleven is unfurling. Mm. Sure, and uh, I guess I saw a video somewhere or something yeah. of it on YouTube, and literally, it is could not. It is. It really is. Wrap so my head. The lyrics of the songs that we've of just these clips. That we've yeah, seen, Brent and I are obsessed it, with it. It is as if someone made up the lyrics They're while they were driving, they go. driving to it, work. Win, go. Like Tony's. And yes, it does. It's it very yeah. popular. It's yes. doing great. And God love you. By the way, God love them. It's in L.A. now. I just can't believe. It's kind of in L.A., and Brent and I are figuring out a way to go to, see to it. go for free. And you're welcome to join, but it's going to yeah. be a, a rough one. But I, I, I just – there's a – in watching the video yeah. of Jen Kalela, you know, sing about how pretty the American Airlines planes are. One, one, of, the, one of the lyrics is, American yeah. Airlines has, has the, the prettiest, prettiest planes. planes. <laughs> it's just like, and she's, what? And it's <laughs> – <laughs> the lyrics are crazy, and then, she, then she starts talk, singing about how she was like the first female pilot for American Airlines, 
And these women start lining up around her in like a semicircle, and they start slapping their yeah, knees. They're slapping on their they're knees. They're doing like that gross, like stomp <laughs> slap thing. And she's got, she's doing that thing where she's singing and singing through that big goofy smile that feels so fake and so forced. And as a singer, she's also doing the. <clears throat> The, gro- yeah. the, gr- the, uh, the the growl, <laughs> this like musical theater specific growl where people go, yeah, and it's yeah. so bad and it's so grating. And I watch that video. That's planes. I'm telling you, <laughs> I watch that video and I, and I, I know, don't mean I to know. be so, I don't mean to be so um, sort of narcissistic in this thinking, but I look at it and I listen to it and I go, it's unpleasant to the ear. <laughs> this is so yeah. wholly un- unpleasant. You just sounded like like Maggie Smith. It's unpleasant <laughs> to the right. ear. But, but it is. And, like, I don't know if it's because I'm musical or get into music or whatever, but, like, it is so grating on the ears. Yeah. And I'm like, who who would pay money, a lot of money, to go hear? Yeah, right. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. And then I guess, you know, as someone who gets to see theater, you get spoiled because you do get to see some, like, amazing stuff. Like, I've, you know, I've seen some amazing oh, yeah. shows. But then to go Sing from, like... Patty Patti LuPone and Gypsy was, like... But that, like, going from, like, fucking Gypsy with Patty LuPone or whatever... Or like some Sondheim show that's really good and like mm-hmm. realistic, and the music is actually interesting. I never so if, thought Sondheim was that realistic. <laughs> no, but the, but just the, even if it's not realistic, the music in like and of Sunday itself. Sunday in the Park with George. That ain't realistic. Very realistic. It's no. About, it's about an artist. It is not realistic. You think that artist just broke into song and started like going back in time? The yeah. story is about George Surratt <laughs> and just like him painting, and it's it's. I mean, it's not supposed to be like. Real. It's a. It's a yeah, musical. Yeah, it's not a but documentary. But this defeats everything that you're saying about. No, I'm saying that's a that's a tasteful, intellectual <laughs> exploration of his life. Versus, I have a feeling Broadway nerds are going to listen to that and I be like, "Planes in Nova Scotia." Elliot, <laughs> Elliot has double standards. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. But I can't. Be- come from away blows my mind. Maybe maybe we can get the cast from Come From Away <gasps> to come on the podcast. Oh my god! And, or yeah. just Jen Kalela. Yeah. <laughs> With that all being said, um, Brent and I will report back when we go see Come From Away, if we can make it out alive. If we can make it out (laughs) in for free and out alive. I grew up at the airport, took lessons, learned to fly planes. So I applied as a flight engineer. But the World War II pilots, they all complained. They said girls shouldn't be in the cockpit. Hey, lady, hey, baby, hey, why don't you grab us a drink? And the flight attendants weren't my friends back then. And they said, are you better than us, do you think? What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt... Ramona say about something she heard on the podcast today. She'd say, you know, you, you, you talk all about haters, but every episode of your podcast you hate on me. <laughs> she's, and she's right. Yeah. I mean, technically true. she's right. Yeah, she's, she's correct. Brent? I mean, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> Alan? My Aunt Anne would say, you know, I've seen that Lena Dunham naked more often than I've seen your uncle naked. <laughs> it's true. It's a lot of nudity. Yeah. I know my Aunt Joanne would say, um, what if I take you to come from away? And she would. She's a, she's a generous soul. Yeah, she's a very generous soul. Uh, guys, great episode. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. It's a good show. Hope you enjoyed this episode of You're Making It Worse. And now get ready for a clip of Never Seen It, a podcast where comedians rewrite movies they've never seen on Starburns Audio.